This is Swiftlet, a Taylor Swift podcast with a literary twist. On today's episode, I will be cracking into the recently unveiled 1989 Vault. I will give my first impressions of the tracks, as well as discussing parallels to other songs and analyzing them. As always, I am your host, Peyton Edwards. Without further ado, let's dive in. Slut. The first song up is Slut. Prior to listening to the track for the first time, I anticipated it to be a really upbeat and snarky pop song, a la Blank Space, and tackled the media fixation on her and her dating life during this time in a less thinly veiled manner than Blank Space. Initial Impressions On my first listen of Slut, I was pleasantly surprised by how light the production was given that I was expecting a bombastic song telling off the media for their constant criticism of her dating life. Her vocal performance is so dreamy and mimics the love-struck feeling she describes in the song. I absolutely adore how she sings. Analysis and Parallels Slut sees Swift at the beginning stages of a relationship, contemplating whether or not it will be with the media attention it will garner. On the chorus, she sings the word with an airiness to it that you wouldn't expect, given the exclamation mark at the end of the title. However, she does sing it in a more animated way on the final chorus. The production, lyrical content, and vocal delivery subvert initial expectations and presents a soft, vibey song, rather than an anthemic takedown of the media, almost as if she's adopting a more feminine feel to play into society's expectations of how women should behave. Also notable on the chorus is the lyric, Prior to this album, Swift hadn't mentioned herself drinking in her lyrical content. This usage touches on the notion that had she included it in her music, it would have given the media just another thing to use against her. Swift acknowledges how the media will construe this particular relationship, singing, This line touches on the double standard present in media coverage regarding celebrity couples, with more focus paid to the woman in the relationship. Another commonality is that women are often torn apart in the media for dating someone the media finds desirable. She recognizes this, singing, she also addresses this on the album's prologue, writing, quote, You see, in the years preceding this, I had become the target of slut-shaming, the intensity and relentlessness of which would be criticized and called out if it happened today. The jokes about my amount of boyfriends, the trivialization of my songwriting, as if it were a predatory act of a boy-crazy psychopath. The media co-signing of this narrative. I had to make it stop because it was really starting to hurt. End quote. On my first listen, my Swifty senses immediately picked up on her usage of colors in the lyrics. Their appearance reminded me of red, but differed in the sense that the colors weren't used to describe a specific emotion and instead set a scene. Throughout the song, Swift lists five colors, if you'd like to count the reference to Sunrise Boulevard as one, soaking the song in a vibrant feeling with the images these particular colors conjure up. That feeling is also in stark contrast to the feelings generated by those on red. The lyrics, on the course, present a sense of loss and sadness at the relationship ending. On Slut, the colors trace a relationship in its early stages, still bright and joyful. 
Another thing that stuck out to me immediately was the mention of roses in the lyrics. On 1989, the first appearance of Roses is on blank space with the lyric, I can make all the tables turn, rose garden filled with thorns. On Slut, the flower makes its return to the album with the lyric, Love thorns all over this rose. This imagery reappearing with the thorns is interesting, given that the song shares similar subject matter, Swift's love life in the media. While she plays upon the media's perceptions of her on Blank Space, presenting the idea that she concealed her thorns in true intent from unsuspecting partners, the lyric in Slot offers a different take with the thorns appearing as a defense mechanism to protect the relationship. The lyric, instantly reminded me of the lyric, Change my priorities. The taste of your lips is my idea of luxury. In King of My Heart. Both lyrics emphasize how Swift values time with her partner and that being with them is more important and luxurious than anything she could purchase. The line recalled the line. style. Both lyrics depict the relationship as uncertain and a bit thrilling. Overall thoughts. Slut was a pleasant surprise for me, subverting my expectations of what I initially thought the song would focus on and was an interesting way to open up the 1989 vault. Say Don't Go. The second track, Say Don't Go, is one that I was anticipating to be in the vein of I Wish You Would and All You Had to Do Was Stay, in terms of lyrical content. I expected it to also be similar to those tracks by concealing sadder lyrics with bright pop beats. Initial Impressions The opening production felt reminiscent of the production on Clean. The production in the song feels incredibly 80s to me, reminding me of two different songs. The first being the outfields you love with the underlying guitar and buildup. stems from the background vocal in and it stops time. which recalled to me the opening of 10cc's I'm not in love I'm not in love so don't forget it it's just a silly phase I'm going through I really enjoy how her voice goes from being so delicate on the pre-chorus to bursting with emotion on the chorus as a reflection of her emotions. Analysis and Parallels The song sees Swift hoping for a partner to tell her how they really feel before she decides to end things. The production reflects her desperation building throughout the verses until it gets to the chorus where she's at the deciding moment, waiting to hear from them, and then it drops with the anticipation. The lyrical content has many parallels to other songs on the album. Lyrically, the song reveals the events that led up to her wishes in How You Get the Girl. The lyrics in the chorus I'm holding out hope for you to say don't 
directly connects to. Then you say, I want you, you get the girl. The sadness in the lyrics of Say Don't Go are more prominent than they are on How You Get the Girl, where the bubbly beat projects an optimistic feeling. On the chorus, the backing vocals of are similar to the that appears in All You Had to Do Was Stay. Swift presents the simple way her partner could have stayed by talking to her and telling her he wanted to be with her. The line standing on the sidewalk alone. I wait for you to drive by is similar to Midnight. You come and pick me up, no headlights in style and it's 2 a.m. in my room. Headlights past the window pane. I think of you in I wish you would. These lyrics draw a connection to the relationship and the act of driving, as well as using it as a metaphor for the status of the relationship. The lyric, the waiting is a sadness, fading into madness, parallels, and in the end in Wonderland, we both went mad. In Wonderland. Both songs see Swift and her partner losing their grips on the relationship and also losing their minds along the way. These parallels to other songs on the album help provide a fuller picture of the relationship and her feelings about what transpired. Additionally, the lyrics I've known it from the very start We're a shot in the darkest dark And Strike a match, then you blow it are similar to getaway cars. I knew it from the first old fashioned we were cursed. We never had a shotgun shot in the dark. And I struck a match and blew your mind, but I didn't mean it. And you didn't see it. These lyrics demonstrate the unsurety she feels in the relationship. The lines. Oh no, oh no, I'm unarmed. And Parallel. Oh no, I'm falling in love again. And Labyrinth. Both songs see Swift realizing her vulnerability in the relationship, knowing that she has started falling for her partner and that there's no way for her to stop. She's hesitant to do so, knowing that there's a decent chance she will end up feeling hurt. The lyric. Is reminiscent of Summer's a knife. I'm always waiting for you just to cut to the bone. Devils roll the dice, angels roll their eyes, and if I bleed, you'll be the last to know. Oh. In Cruel Summer, the line in Say Don't Go sees Swift being vulnerable in the relationship and being hurt by it, 
While the lyrics in Cruel Summer see her trying to protect herself and not let her partner know her true feelings in an effort to not get hurt if things don't work out. Additionally, both bridges contain a confession of love. In Say Don't Go, the bridge ends with I said I love you, you say nothing back. And a beat of silence where she waits for her partner to reveal his feelings, which he never does. On Cruel Summer, things go a little differently where she closes out the bridge with This time, her feelings are reciprocated, and it's reflected by the song immediately launching back into the chorus and not needing to wait to see if her partner will respond. The lyric reignites the card motif that first appeared in Foolish One and Cornelia Street. This lyric is closer to the one in Foolish One, where she can't discern her partner's feelings and is strongly contemplating ending things. The line on the chorus is similar to the use of silence in The Story of Us, where she sings These lyrics juxtapose the notion presented by the lyric Cause you can hear it in the silence on You Are In Love. All three of these lyrics present two different ideas regarding silence and love, the first being a sense of insurity and loss of love, and the second being a comfort in love. Overall thoughts. Say Don't Go stood out to me on my first listen as the song that I could see most likely growing on me, and it has while I've revisited the album. This song in particular feels the most 80s to me, and as someone who adores a good synth, particularly in an 80s song, this track was a delight to me. Now That We Don't Talk. I anticipated the third vault track, Now That We Don't Talk, to be a confession-like song seeing Swift reflect on where she is now compared to where she was during a particular relationship. Again, I expected her to disguise more sadder lyrical sentiments with an upbeat tempo. Initial Impressions. On my first listen, the opening sounds reminded me of the Stranger Things and the Terminator scores with its heavy electronic synth. I enjoyed how the production built to reflect her emotions. It also reminded me of the Human League's Don't You Want Me. terms of the production and lyrical content, though Don't You Want Me's is a bit more synthier and at the forefront. Her vocal delivery helps convey her annoyance at the current situation and reminded me of Does it feel like everything's just like second best after that meteor strike? And what's that that I heard that you're still with her? That's nice, I'm sure that's what's suitable. On question. Parallels and analysis. Now that we don't talk, see Swift watching her former partner navigating life from the outside and how her life has changed since their split. 
The opening lyrics. You went to a party. I heard from everybody. You part the crowd like the Red Sea. Don't even get me started. Reminded me of the opening to Carly Simon's You're So Vain. You walked into the party like you were Swift's anger comes across clearly in the lyric delivery, along with the content, and it feels like you can hear her rolling her eyes at his actions. The lyrics I don't have to pretend I like acid rock, or that I'd like to be on a mega yacht with important men who think important thoughts are delivered wonderfully and are similar to her delivery of I bet you think about me when you're out. Every week, I bet you think about me in your house with your organic shoes and your million dollar couch. On I Bet You Think About Me. The lyric I called my mom, she said to get it off my chest. Reminded me of the Get it off your chest line in Lavender Haze. The lyric sees Swift confiding in her mother to work out her feelings regarding the situation, while the one in Lavender Haze sees Swift addressing the media and their speculation over the details of the relationship. It also recalled, And here's to my mama, had to listen to all this drama, and this is why we can't have nice things. Both lyrics emphasize Swift's closeness with her mother and see her turning to Andrea as a source of comfort and reassurance in hard times. Overall thoughts. All in all, I enjoyed the way that Swift played with her voice on the track and her inflections in the lyrics. After my first listen, I did wish for the track to be a smidge longer. Suburban Legends For the penultimate song, Suburban Legends, I expected Swift to do a bit of self-mythologizing of her and her partner and comment on their reputations. I anticipated this to be more reflective and a bit bittersweet in terms of lyrics and, like my other predictions, be upbeat. Initial Impressions the first thing that stuck out to me on my initial listen was the imagery present on the song from the opening lines. I also enjoyed her vocal delivery of the song's title. Analysis and Parallels Suburban Legends follow Swift contemplating her relationship with a partner, what it could have been and what it ended up being. The lyric, You were so magnetic, it was almost obnoxious reminded me of You should think about the consequence of your magnetic field being a little too strong and gorgeous. Although Swift feels a bit more anger regarding her partner's magnetism in the first lyric because they are drawing in other people and not pushing them away. The lyrics Waves crash on the shore I dash to the door You don't knock anymore And my whole life's ruined reminded me of I heard your key turn in the door Down the hallway is that your key in the door? Is it okay? Is it you? Or have they come to take me away? And hits different. Both bridge lyrics see Swift wishing her partner to return and uses the image of her door to express it. Sounds remind her of their arrival, but they're not actually there. The line, I broke my own heart because you were too polite to do it. Immediately recalled both. 
Broke his heart cause he was nice And The question pounds my head What's a lifetime of achievement? If I pushed you to the edge But you were too polite to leave me In Midnight Rain and Coney Island, respectively the lyric is similar to the one in Midnight Rain, since Swift is taking on the pain to end things to not cause her partner any potential pain that she feels would inevitably occur as a result of being with her and her breaking their heart later on down the line. The line is also like the one in Coney Island, where her partner's politeness interferes with them doing the necessary thing, which is setting themselves both free and ending the relationship. The lyric... demonstrates that Swift is aware that she is destined for something greater than those around her. This sentiment is reflected on a couple Midnight's tracks. On You're On Your Own Kid, Swift acknowledges that the everyday life that her peers in high school saw wasn't for her, singing I didn't choose this town, I dream of getting out. Similarly, on Midnight Rain, she sings on the chorus He wanted a bride, I was making my own name Chasing that fame, he stayed the same like Both songs highlight how she differed from those around her in terms of their ambitions, and on Suburban Legends, she reinforces that idea by making it clear what her intent in this life is. The second verse, which sees Swift appearing at a high school reunion, immediately reminded me of the use of high school for a setting and metaphor for American politics in Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. The imagery throughout the song from the I let it slide like a hose on a slippery plastic summer. Two. I am standing in a 1950s gymnasium. Paint a very suburban picture, which invokes the song's title. The first lyric conjures up scorching hot summers briefly quenched by water. The second is reminiscent of John Hughes' films and the quintessential moment that sees the main female character that has been largely misunderstood by her peers triumphantly getting the main love interest that everyone wants and becoming the idealistic couple. In Swift's fantasy, however, she doesn't envision herself having this moment during her time in high school, given that from her accounts her high school years were not the most desirable and she never experienced something like that. Instead, she imagines herself having this moment at a reunion. Overall thoughts. Suburban Legends was an interesting track for me because of its heavy usage of imagery throughout to convey the idea of suburbia and the relationship. Overall, the song disguises the sadness in the lyrics with the peppy production. Is it over now? Well, we have finally reached the final track from the 1989 Vault. I expected this song to be more down-tempo and perhaps reflect on some of the pressures she felt at the start of the era. Initial Impressions I will be honest, the background caught me off guard on my first listen. The backing synth <laughs> reminds me of the production in Boys of Summer. if it were sped up. Analysis and Parallels This song, much like Say Don't Go, 
has many parallels to other songs on 1989. The lyrics connect to the Out of the Woods Bridge. These two lyrics reference the snowmobile accident she and Harry Styles experienced together. The main hooks of the chorus of the two songs are also similar, with Swift questioning the status of the relationship. On Out of the Woods, she asks, in relation to the turbulence they encountered in the relationship, and on Is It Over Now, she questions, Baby, was it over then? Is it over now? if this time is actually the end of the relationship. The lyric, I slept all alone, uh, but you still wouldn't go, is the opposite of, tossing, turning, struggle through the night with someone new, in this love. But both exemplify how she tried distractions, tried loneliness, and neither worked to rid her mind of her former partner. Swift connects this song to Wonderland with the lyrics and you search in every model's bed for something that echo the lines flashing lights and we took a wrong turn and you search the world for something else to make you feel like what we had. Both songs trace their relationship and the more public missteps that occurred on his part. Additionally, the track has parallels with some of the other vault tracks. The line with the wilt of the rose recalls the rose lyric in slut, but sees the flower that was once a flourishing one dying. The line blue dress on a bow calls back to the yacht lyric in now that we don't talk, as well as a specific reference to a widely circulated and now memed photo of Swift sitting on a boat in a blue dress after things ended between her and Styles. Finally, the lyric and say the one thing I've been wanting, but no, ties to Say Don't Go in its chorus. There were also a few lyrics that reminded me of some on the Red album. The lyric you search in every maiden's bed for something greater felt similar in tone to and the girl in your bed has a fine pedigree and I'll bet your friends tell you she's better than me <laughs> in I Bet You Think About Me. The line your new girl is my clone recalled the and you've got your demons and darling they all look like me lyric and sad beautiful tragic where her former partners can't help but see her and other people they date and are haunted by her speaking of being haunted the lyric let's fast forward to 300 takeout copies later I see your profile and your smile on unsuspecting waiters conjures up other lyrics of Swift's that see her encountering her partner elsewhere like in this love and I see your face in, every crowd. in holy ground and I see you around in all these empty faces in I Don't Want to Live Forever. Overall thoughts. Is It Over Now is an interesting choice to close out the vault, given the punctuation present, that leaves the listener and Swift herself wondering if this is really the end. 
Though the song didn't match up with what I thought it might delve into, I enjoyed it and all its parallels to other songs in her discography. Before listening to The Vault, I had speculated based on the track titles that they might not stick to the specific sonic landscape and contain a bit of sadness to them, given the feeling I had gotten from them, as well as the fact that when Swift was making 1989, she was directly responding to the main criticisms that Red had received. The two biggest ones were that the album was all over the place sonically, and that there were too many breakup songs. I also assumed that if she had some sadder songs in terms of lyrical content hiding in the vault, they would be dressed up with an upbeat production to conceal that fact. When I did get around to the vault, I found that my assumption of the tracks being sad or dealing with a breakup to be true. All in all, while I enjoy the individual productions of the vault tracks, with the exception of Slot, I have had a hard time distinguishing between them, which usually does not happen with Swift songs. There's usually something distinct in the song that helps me separate it from the others, besides the lyrics. I do wish at least one of the tracks would have been produced by either Ryan Tedder, who did Welcome to New York and I Know Places, Imogen Heap, who produced Clean, or Christopher Rowe, who took up the steep task of producing the songs done by Max Martin and Shellbeck on the original album, and I must say he did a pretty good job at recreating them. Having one of them produce would have been interesting to see how they would have interpreted the specific soundscape and created a greater distinction between the tracks. Having a sole producer on the tracks has unfortunately made all of the tracks fall into the largest pitfall that comes with making something sonically cohesive. Which is all of the songs blending together with little to distinguish them sonically. An album can be sonically cohesive and have tracks be distinct and sound, but still fit the overall sonic landscape. Some of my favorite examples of this are Halsey's If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power and Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation 1814. As of right now, this vault sits at the lowest of my ranking due to them being so hard to separate from each other. All of that being said, I still did thoroughly enjoy getting to see what was held back from the original album and explore all of the different connections to the songs that made the cut. Let me know where this vault ranks for you, what your favorite song is, and if you also had trouble with distinguishing between tracks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Swiftlet. This episode was written and edited by me, Peyton Edwards. I hope you enjoyed listening, and if you did, please rate, review, and share this podcast. You know, all of that good stuff. I'll see you next week to examine the ideas of creation of self, heteroglossia, and death of the author in Swift's album, Reputation.